Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports, have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome into a Tuesday edition of Sports Scene, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. I'm Steve Russell. Time to eat some lunch and talk some sports. Sam is going to produce the broadcast today. It is going to be our final sports scene of the week. Going to take a little R&R during the break, uh, during the bye week. We're going to have a little bye a couple days uh, here for sports scene. But we're going to start the show off in fine fashion. Whenever I get to talk to Laura Rutledge, it's a good day for me. I know it's a good day for you. And she now joins us. We'll talk a little college and NFL with Laura. Laura, how are you, girl? Good to have you. Hey, it's a good day for me when I get to talk to you. That's sweet of you to say. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) Um, You know, as you can imagine, uh, Laura, Gator Nation is rather restless. It's hard to believe you know, three and fourteen in their last seventeen SEC games, and I think you know it's funny during the summer. Oh, it's you know Napier needs time. It's going to be a rebuilding process. But now, when the, re- the the rebuilding process is in front of everybody, don't like it. So, what do you see here with Florida and its direction? Yeah, you know, I. I I've been a firm believer this whole time that this was going to take time. I think the the issue is sort of a, a positive and a negative. It's like you see the flashes of what this team could be and what Anthony Richardson could be, and it really falls on him, right? And, and that's not necessarily fair, but it's the blessing and the curse of the quarterback. I think that has given a lot of us false hope, right? And we think, well, surely, you know, they're going to be able to – beat an LSU team that's been undisciplined and has been dominated by other teams in the SEC at home, surely they'll be able to pull that off. And and yet they run into a Jaden Daniels who's just on fire and, you know, Florida can't get, can't, can't keep going what they started in the beginning of the game. And I, I think that's part of the issue. You know, one of the things about building championship teams, and we've seen this so often with teams that have been able to turn things around, there's the, the consistency that takes time to build, right? And the excellence that takes time to build where you say, all right, yes, you know, you get a lead or you get something going early and you don't just squander it. You hold on to it. You build on it. Things like that, that takes time when it comes to building a culture and rebuilding a culture. And I say all that to say that I also feel impatient and I also feel like, man, you know, Florida – Florida has some really big-time talent, and if only it could be put together when it matters the most in Billy Napier's first year. But I do think patience is, unfortunately, what we're all required to have here. You know, on the flip side of that, Laura, you have a, a Heupel who comes in and gets, you know, 705 transfer portal kids, and that program gets turned around in a hurry. So that does kind of prove that your fortunes can change if the right things happen. Is that a fair statement? Totally. And, you know, you look at what Tennessee was in, in Heifel's first year, and 
they had a little more success even than what Florida's shown so far under Napier, but you did see some losses, right? And, and there were actually people, I mean, Tennessee fans wanted Heupel gone <laughs> early on. They were all upset about the hire. They wanted somebody different and, you know, typical of, of Tennessee fans anyway. But it's interesting to me because I do think that is a uh, an instructive comparison to make here for Florida. It's not that hard in this day and age with the transfer portal to turn things around quickly in college football. That used to not be the case, right? Now, now that this has turned into a bit more of, you know, the pro model where you can go out and just get players, you know, that that's something that makes a huge difference. So I, I kind of feel like Florida can get close to that. That's where Napier was supposedly going to make a difference when it comes to recruiting in the transfer portal as opposed to what Dan Mullen was doing, and, and I feel like he will. It, that is something where you know, we could see a turnaround as soon as next season even. You look at uh, what Alabama went through and their fan base on Twitter is going nuts uh, over Golding and even Nick Saban, but I think some of that criticism is warranted, do you? I do. Um, you know, there were, were things about Tennessee in that game that I'm not sure many teams were beating Tennessee that day, right? <laughs> we were there. I mean, the excitement, the energy is incredibly loud to play, even when they're not that good. So I, I do think those are real factors. That said, you know, there were ways that you could have seen this Alabama defense perform better. Here's what I don't understand. You have Will Anderson Jr. on your team, and yet he feels like he's barely a factor in most of the games this season. I mean, yes, he's up there. You know, he's like second in the SEC, tied with somebody else for sacks and things like that. But this guy's supposed to be the best player in the country, and I, I believe that he is. So it's not just that people are neutralizing him. While Tennessee deserves a ton of credit, I do think there are some scheme issues and maybe some coaching issues you know, when it comes to Alabama and, and the Alabama that we've seen in the past, this is not an Alabama team of the past. It's not. They don't have the threats at receiver that make you sort of shiver in your boots. They don't have that. They don't have, you know, some of these dominant defensive players across the board that really make you say, well, how are we ever going to score on them? And surely they're going to get a defensive touchdown like we've seen in some of these previous Bama teams. But it's not that they're bereft of talent. And, you know, we're obviously comparing Alabama to previous Alabama teams that's what happens when you're at the top of college football perennially but I just I do agree with some of the criticism and I think a lot of it like I said goes back to how can you not make quarterbacks extremely uncomfortable with what you have coming off the edge and specifically with Will Anderson Jr. that to me falls on coaching uh some quick hitters and I want to go to the NFL uh do you buy or sell Ole Miss at this point I'm buying them. You know, I think the main reason why, Steve, is the run game. We've always associated Lane Kiffin with these high-powered offenses, but their run game is so difficult to defend. I think they'll be tough on LSU this week. Georgia and Tennessee will be the marquee matchup maybe for the rest of the year in the SEC. Georgia can play defense, but I'm a believer that Tennessee can score on anybody. So do you think that's a game where there's 80 or more points scored in the game combined? (laughs) You know what? Uh, I actually don't. I would take the under on that because I'm not sure that Georgia is scoring that many points, which makes you wonder if they could get upset. 
I do think the interesting thing about Georgia is they've got this boring schedule that really doesn't get you excited for anything, really doesn't show you much about who they are until they face Tennessee. The one advantage there for the Bulldogs is that game's at home, but I, I could actually see Tennessee going in there and, to your point, being able to score enough points to really be you know, a team that could potentially upset the Bulldogs too. Of course, I know you all know Laura is part of the host of NFL Live, so let's talk a little NFL um, Buccaneers are three and three. Uh, the the Dolphins aren't that good. The Jags are two and four. Let's start with the Bucks. Trouble in paradise. Could they? Their schedule is not that tough. Is there trouble there? I do think there's trouble. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the defense is not holding up the end of the bargain that we expected. And and I think probably what Tom Brady expected. I mean, Brady's no idiot here. He he thought, you know, one of the reasons why he's coming back is because he's thinking he's got this great O-line, which, of course, they dealt with injuries there. He's also thinking, hey, this defense is going to buy me enough time and limit opposing offenses to the point where I don't have to score that much and where I've got a lot of time to rest on the sideline. And that, that just hasn't been the case with this defense. So they're, they're sort of a mess right now. And it'll be interesting to see if they're able to get that together in the way that they need to, to be able to really be competitive in an NFC that is winnable. You know, there, there's not that much competition on that side. Although, I tell you what, some of these NFC East teams start to get you scared, which we had said that for a really long time. Well, that, that, that's my ending thing here. I'm going to throw a quick Vikings, are, they're five and there's a lot of teams, three and three and two and four, more than I can ever remember. Are the Vikings for real at five and one? I do think the Vikings are for real, and part of that has to do with the fact that in today's NFL, you need really good run game, right? Some of these teams that have uh, been able to hang their hat on the run have actually had a lot more success. We think about the NFL as being this passing league, but it's such a cyclical thing where all of a sudden, you know, it's sort of going back to being a, a, a league where teams that run the ball well have a ton of success and are physical have a ton of success. And they, they're able to do that. But also, when you've got Justin Jefferson as a weapon, you know that you're never out of any game. And Kirk Cousins has been quite accurate. So I, I would say, if plus their defense has been decent enough, I would say that, yes, they are are the real deal they're sort of quietly a force to be reckoned with in the nfl it isn't i'll end with this it isn't very often laura i can say the new york jets and a winning record <laughs> and i'm giddy i'm excited for you i'm you know i'm giddy but <laughs> i know you know I, i'm thinking the bubble's going to burst here but as i watched them play they got a little something something i think what do you see with them yeah, they really do. Um, I, I would tell you, because I, I don't want to see you let down, so I would tell you if you should love the break. I think the Jets are for real. And, and here's the main reason. You know, they've drafted really well defensively. We've kind of been waiting for that to pay off. Quentin Williams is a force to be reckoned with. He's so much fun to watch, and he's going to continue to be that. It's just an absolute beast in that D-line. And then Sauce Gardner looks like the real deal, too, which is incredible, right? You, you sort of say, okay, you draft a corner that high. You hope they're going to make an immediate impact, and he has. And, and I think one thing that's interesting is this defense is playing as a collective unit. And I, I was with the Jets in the preseason. I did one of their preseason games. And they kept saying, you know, look, we don't, we don't want to get, like, overly excited here, but we think we're really good. And a lot of it had to do with the defense. On the other side of things, Zach Wilson seems a little bit more comfortable. The way he's surveying the field is something they really worked on with him. You're seeing that pay off. They have 
incredible weapons with Brees Hall, I think, at the running back position, being really kind of the, the leader there where we've seen him have a game-changing play almost every single game this season. I expect that to continue, and I don't think anybody wants to play the Jets right now. Uh, they, they, they really do have something special going, and I don't really see it slowing down too much here, even when you look down the rest of their schedule. So um, that's, that's really exciting. Congrats to you, Steve. Uh, long time coming, I'll say that. Um, watcher uh, on the SEC Network, ESPN, watcher on NFL Live. She always does a great job. Laura Rutledge here on Sports Scene. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. You got it. Laura Rutledge uh, has just done such great work. We're going to talk more NFL. Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus will join us. 1215 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Chillery, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Lauren Halpern. In the MLB, the Cleveland Guardians will take on the New York Yankees today in a winner-take-all Game 5. The winner will face the Houston Astros in the ALCS. Coverage can be found right here starting at 3.30. In the National League, the Philadelphia Phillies will take on the Padres in San Diego in Game 1 of the NLCS. This is the first NLCS between two teams with fewer than 90 wins. You can find live coverage right here starting at 7 p.m. In Gator Sports, the volleyball team is 15-3 on the season and are on a five-game win streak. They look to maintain this momentum as they take on Georgia tomorrow at 7 p.m. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Lauren Halpern. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. The Road Heaver Boys Ranch is a place I've been telling you about for a while now, folks. They're in Palatka, and it houses at-risk young boys from troubled homes, and they are sustained by donated vehicles. So if you have an unwanted vehicle, please donate it to the Road Heaver Boys Ranch. Cars, trucks, boats, RVs, just about any kind of vehicle, they can use them. The donations are tax-deductible. And they go a long way toward helping these boys learn real-life skills because they fix the cars and they also resell them. It is definitely a win-win situation. The Road Aver Boys Ranch has been helping boys for over 70 years. So please consider donating your unused or unwanted vehicle. Your generosity will do a heck of a lot of good. Google Boys Ranch Palatka or go to rbr.org to learn more. Autism. Did you know that one out of every 44 children in the U.S. is now identified as having an autism spectrum disorder? At the Autism Society of Florida, we've spent over three decades ensuring that people with autism enjoy full participation and self-determination in every aspect of life through initiatives like drowning prevention, first responder training, advocacy, and support groups. Become a member of the Autism Society of Florida. Visit AutismFL.org. AutismFL.org. Direct Auto Insurance is for uncompromisers. With savings of up to 25%, you too can stop compromising and keep driving. Get a quote today at directauto.com. Savings based on applied discounts and will vary. Terms apply. How you buy can affect price. National General Group, Winston-Salem. What QC Kinetics is doing for people here is nothing short of amazing. I'm talking real, lasting relief from joint pain. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in exciting new pain treatments with advanced regenerative medicine, non-surgical alternatives. If you're living with joint pain from injury or arthritis, 
Don't let them tell you steroids, pain meds, and surgery are your only options. QC Kinetics uses regenerative treatments that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Maybe you've been diagnosed with bone-on-bone arthritis. You've been told you need a replacement. Call QC Kinetics now for an alternative way to deal with the pain. These amazing protocols work with pain caused by injury as well, like a torn meniscus or rotator cuff. Call QC Kinetics now. Don't keep living with that pain. Learn how regenerative medicine can give your life back with no drugs and no surgery. Now with clinics in Ocala, the Villages, and in Gainesville. 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. Football season is here. Time to let Electronics World upgrade your home entertainment so you can enjoy all the big games this fall. Hi, this is Tom Collette. Score big with a new Sony 4K Ultra HD TV or a custom-designed, professionally installed home theater from Electronics World. The winning team at EW can put you right on the 50-yard line in your own home. Come visit us today and see for yourself. Just off Newberry Road, west of I-75 near TJ Maxx or online at electronicsworld.net. There's so much to love about our community. The small town values, the familiar faces, and somewhere near the top of the list, high school football. That's why Radiant Credit Union is here to celebrate all this community has to offer, both on and off the field. While others may come and go, Radiant Credit Union is here for you, here for the community, and here for good. Proudly serving our members for over 65 years, Stop by any of our nearby locations or visit RadiantCU.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Coming up at 4, it's the tailgate with Jeff Cardozo and Pat Dooley. Right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. And on your phone with the WRUF radio app. This is Gator Volleyball Head Coach Mary Wise, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. Well, I guess we're having trouble getting a hold of Ben, so we'll try as we go along on the show. We'll open the phone lines for you, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. Again, it's our final show of the week. Take a little uh, bi-week break. Uh, and then get ready for Georgia. D, hello. Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey. Uh, touch on the finish the LSU game. Uh, I was at the game, Steve, and let me tell you something. It, it was just egregious to how wide open these guys were. Uh, you know, Steve, I don't care if we got 12 high school guys or out on that field. There's just no excuse for the Gators to be in any year to be dead last in third down defense. It's It's just crazy, man. And I under and I understood, Steve. I talked to you over the summer. I understood what the deficiencies were and on the defense. And I'm not asking this the, uh, Gators to be the '85 Bears or the 2000 Ravens. But good grief, man! It's it's week seven, and you know nothing's gotten better. And I and I and I heard this argument yesterday on your show. I wanted to call so bad that you know the offenses uh, in, in college football. Or the rules are dictated towards the offense in college football, which I agree with, and it's with the NFL as well. But that had nothing to do with Saturday, because that same LSU offense that racked up 45 points and made Jaden Daniels look like a Heisman Trophy winner the week before uh, Tennessee held them to 13. The week prior to that, Auburn held them to 21. Uh, FSU held them to 24. Even Mississippi State who Mike Leach doesn't preach any defense, held them to 31. So it can't be all the players, man. It has to be schemed. And sometimes, no matter how bad the talent is, you have to squeeze 
some orange, uh, some juice out of the orange. And I just don't think Patrick Tony is doing that right now. I'm going to give a little pass here. I know next to nothing about defense because I was always an offensive guy. But I think even in the NFL, you would say this. If you don't get pressure on the quarterback, if you allow the quarterback to sit back there and scan the field, then you're in deep trouble. And I don't care if you're Deion Sanders. You're going to have a hard time covering somebody. That's not all of it, but that's a part of it that I think some fans don't get. What do you think, D? Oh, yeah, I, I, you, I, some, something happened with the phone line. I, I got what you're saying, Steve, but, but what, so what did those other three teams that I just mentioned, what did they do on defense to, to kind of corral LSU that we couldn't do? I mean, are, 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 do they have that much better talent than us to where they could hold LSU down? Or did the defensive coordinator come up with some kind of scheme to kind of hold them down? I'm sorry, Steve. 45 points, that wasn't the 2019 LSU team. I'm sorry, man. No. There's just no excuse for what happened Saturday night. No, but, but I'll also say this, too, and I think I'm guilty of this sometimes. Fans look at their team. They don't look at the other team. They, in other words, it, your team plays bad, the other team doesn't play well. I thought LSU did some things the other night. Now, maybe it was because of what Florida did. They did not really utilize Butte in their first few games. They did the other night. He was targeted quite a bit. He should be. He's a first-round guy in most draft you know, things. So you also have to give credit to the other team, too, because every game – did anybody think Alabama was going to give up 700 points? No. Every game's different. Yeah, well, you know, Steve, I know we're on a bye week, but yeah. All right, D, thank you. Your phone is doing some weird things. Thank you. Uh, Tony, hello. Hey, what's going on, Steve? Hey. I hope, I hope that D's still listening, man, because I was going to give him some props, man, because he nailed it last week, right? I believe his exact quote was, Whatever ails LSU, Florida is the tonic. And that couldn't be more apropos, man. Be it Boutte, um having a down year, he goes off. Be it Jaden Daniels being afraid to throw the ball into man-to-man coverage, he goes off throwing it into man-to-man coverage. Be it the offensive line for LSU giving up sacks and pressures, they just gave up one sack, just a couple of pressures. So he nailed it last week, D. If you listen, man, we are LSU's tonic. And until that changes, nothing's going to change, man. Um, hey, Steve, a surprising score to me was the Kentucky-Mississippi State score. I did not expect that one. Um, Kentucky surprised me, man. Uh, uh, that coach over there just has a knack for always dialing up the right type of defenses is, and taking care of an offense that's on a hot streak. Steve, what do you think about that? I mean, you got to give them props, right? I thought Mississippi State was going to go off for like 40. Yeah, give them props. And if I'm a Mississippi State fan, <clears throat> I'm I'm really, uh, what's the word I'm going to use? Not concerned, annoyed. Because just when it seems that Mississippi exactly. State's going to turn the corner, they lay an egg. Exactly, yeah. And that's, that would just frustrate me if I were a 
Mississippi State fan because you can see, you know, when they're right, they're pretty good. And, and, and they don't beat teams that probably they should beat. That's going to hurt them. Yep. If I was a Mississippi State fan last week, I was already calling Atlanta for uh, some reservations probably. <laughs> and now, who knows? So uh, I, see what, I see your point, man. Steve, our Jets, I think, got a good break now, too, for next week, man. Uh, Denver played Monday night, so they got a short week to prepare, right? So a little bit of an advantage there. So uh, hopefully the Jets can keep the win streak going, man. Yeah. Uh, enjoy your time. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and Russell Wilson seems to be beat up, too, so that exactly, helps. Exactly, exactly. Hey, Steve, enjoy your R&R, buddy. All Thank right, you, Tony. Care. Appreciate the call. Uh, Greg, David, hang on. 1227, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. If it's happening with the Gator Nation, hear it here first. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Come celebrate Tom Petty's birthday in Gainesville this October 20th, 21st, and 22nd at Hartwood Soundstage for three days of music and stories, 20 different acts, all playing Tom's biggest hits. The best part? It's free. Go to TomPettyWeekend.com to reserve your free ticket. Sponsored by Melvin Law and Visit Gainesville, Alachua County. College football season is here, and there's lots of great plays being made. Hey, it's Steve Russell. Let me tell you about one of my favorite plays when it comes to my automobile. I take it to Dave Mays Automotive. Why? Because I trust the team to treat me and my vehicle with respect, integrity, and honesty. If you're tired of being treated like a number at the chain stores, make a great play and head to Dave Mays Automotive, located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind the Sunnies on Waldo Road. Brakes, AC, oil changes, tires, engine and transmission work, and of course, their famous bug check. Modern to import, diesel trucks and fleet service, they do it all. Learn more at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. You want to go to the place that has the freshest burgers in town made to order? That place, Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries in Gainesville. Hey, it's Steve Russell. Great food, great shakes, great fries, and they support local Florida cattle ranchers. They still feature their great milkshakes like the Key Lime Shake. Outdoor patio umbrella seating is available, too. If you're in a hurry, visit DickMondells.com. You can order ahead. They're open seven days a week. You can see them on Facebook and Instagram. Better ingredients make better meals at Dick Mondell's Burgers and Fries. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. We're going to see this afternoon gusts between 15 and 20 miles an hour possible. On top of that, it'll be cooler than the past few days. Highs today only getting into the mid-70s. Tonight, turning downright cold. Lows by the morning dropping into the lower 40s. Well below average temperatures expected tomorrow afternoon with breezy conditions continuing. Highs only in the mid-60s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm Megan Borowski. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I know the Eagles are a really good team. They're complete. I think the Bills
Bills are the best team in football right now. For me, I think Josh Allen is leading the MVP conversation. Probably Jalen Hurts is right there. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes will be in that conversation with Lamar Jackson as well. But, I mean, Josh Allen, what he's doing right now is just pretty special. You know, Josh Allen probably has the momentum to a degree, but then Jalen Hurts is sitting right there. He, Jay, and Max. Weekday mornings at 6 right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. The Mary Wise Show, Monday evenings at 7, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Sports Scene with Steve Russell continues here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. Ah, yes, Mike who always blames coaches. More excuses for Gator defensive coaches and putting blame on the players for not getting pressure. Are the coaches playing? Let me ask that. Are the coaches playing? If, if, a, if a baseball pitcher throws a pitch and a guy hits a game-winning homer, that's the coach's fault. Right? If, if a basketball player misses a game-winning shot, it's the coach's fault. Well, that, that would be the logic that you would use by that. It's, it's a combination. I mean, obviously, coaches get paid to put their players in the best position, but they can't play for them. They can't put pressure on the quarterback. They're not playing. Greg, hello. Hey, Steve. In a weird way, I've always kind of thought of Auburn as like Florida's Western Division cousin. And um, my point is, is Brian Kelly became the first LSU head coach in their history to beat Auburn at Auburn and Florida at Florida in the same season. And now while I get get that Florida's in a rebuilding season, I have no clue what's going on at Auburn. But this is my point and question about Coach Kelly, Steve. He came into the program with 49 scholarship players. He's doing more with less than Coach Napier. Just by the score, when it was 42 to 21, I, I really just wanted to gag. I just wanted to walk away, but I couldn't. I'm diehard, so I, I kept watching. And I agree with the caller that said that four minutes where after they did Petty and all that, it almost seemed like a miracle was about to happen. We were witnessing a miracle, and this LSU funk was going to turn around, but it didn't. But my question to you, Steve, is, is I see Saban maybe getting older. He almost lost all his hair. Is he going to fade away and now we got to deal with Brian Kelly while we're still trying to figure out how to be Georgia in the East? And I'll listen off there and go Gators. Okay, thank you. Well, yeah, the answer to that is simple. Uh, I don't think you're going to have to deal with Brian with a Kelly much longer because I think Florida LSU is a rivalry is going to go away in three years. When, when the SEC gets Texas and Oklahoma here, I, I'm no genius, but I just don't know that that's going to stay as a year-to-year rivalry. I don't see that happening. David, hello. Good afternoon, Steve. Where do I start? Uh, first, let me just say that, you know, I've listened to Shane since uh, the spring saying that we do not have SEC-caliber players on the defensive side of the ball. And he has preached to anybody that would listen that we were going to struggle, and we have. So, I mean, now, Saturday's collapse was – colossal and it was very disappointing and frustrating but we just don't have the players on that side of the ball in my opinion uh and and i'm basing that on someone who has played with a lot of talent has coached and has been in the nfl so 
I think he has a pretty good opinion. But I want to talk about Richardson. Uh, you know, he's had a turnover in every single game except for Utah, I believe. And, you know, he he's extremely inconsistent. Um, and then what really irked me, and I haven't heard anybody talk about it yet, but when he scores the touchdown and does a flip into the end zone or dives into the end zone, we're 21 points down at that time when he does it. And, you know, this is a guy that we've been worried about being injury prone. And to do something like that, I just think it just, again, shows his uh, immaturity and uh, not leadership. It's just poor leadership. But I'll end with this, Steve. Um, Our next quarterback, whoever they go after, please go after a real quarterback, someone who can throw the ball because our last two have been what they call dual threat. And they weren't dual threats because neither one of them could consistently pass the ball. Have a good day, Steve. Thank you. Paul, hello. Steve, um, I'm torn, I guess, game to game, uh, thinking if this is more of a coaching issue, less of a coaching issue, more players, less players. You watch missed tackles. You watch poor throws. Then you watch poor clock management. You watch some poor play calling. And then I think back to really all the games have been winnable in the six or eight plays that we talk about come, in, come into play. And I'm not, I'm not sure which way I want to lean yet. I mean, I know the players are getting a lot of the blame now. But, you know, you, you talk about Richardson has made some pretty dynamic plays even this year. He made some pretty dynamic plays Saturday night. Are we don't seem to try anything different? Um, Spurrier talked on the show earlier about how you know he changed up his defense. I, I'm, I wonder when he changed up that defense, did he look at the players and say, "Well, I don't, I don't think this guy can quite do what I we want him to do." He just went and tried something different. And I'm not saying that you don't have a game plan to win, and that you just throw anything out there. But I just, I, I'm, I'm. I'm a, I'm a little bit torn. I, I I think it's probably a lot of different things that have caused the losses, but I just I, I guess it's just still hard for me to believe that our players are not SEC caliber players, or they that they can't be coached up to do the things that coaches need them to do if we have to change it up. For example, playing press coverage versus backing off a little bit. Okay, let me counter that. If the players aren't that bad, and I'm not saying, and I want this to be understood and clear. I'm not knocking players, but Nick Saban in his first year was six and seven. Okay, I wonder how many Alabama fans said what Gator fans are saying right now. Well, who's this? We hired this guy. Hey, uh. okay, and two different defensive coordinators apparently either can't coach or something because they're doing it in diametrically different ways. Grantham was a guy who was blitz-happy, and while Florida does blitz occasionally, they're not blitzing nearly as much and from the same positions that Grantham did it. And what's the bottom line? Neither have been successful. But did they make any adjustments? You know, 
they both are they both just seem to be sticking with we're this is how we're going to do it we're going to continue to blitz even though we're getting spanked on it we're going to continue well to do uh, it. my my point just is that there if you want to use it the, the term adjustment in a big picture florida has changed its defensive philosophy they have adjusted to your word they're not blitzing as much okay so but the results are the same and the common denominator is the players well and i don't i don't i, I don't know which one it is i think it's a combination of both i think they're that saturday night was a winnable game kentucky was a winnable game okay paul gotta let you go your phone is doing something uh, 392-8255. You can email srussell at wruf.com. It amazes me what fandom sometimes does. Good and bad. Right? I'm going to go back to the beginning of the year in the summertime when it's going to take time. It's going to take time Got to rebuild, got to get his players in here, got to recruit better. Now, I want you to tell me if this makes sense to you. If somebody says to you, okay, Dan Mullen didn't recruit well, what does that mean? What does that mean? That was the, that's one of the reasons Dan Mullen was run out of here, right? Because he didn't like to recruit. And he didn't recruit well. Okay? So if you're telling me the premise is that Dan Mullen didn't recruit well, if you believe that, well then those athletes aren't going to be as good as some of the other athletes. Do, do, do those dots connect for you? They do for me. So... Why would then there be the expectation that this would turn around in five seconds with basically the same players? So, you know, I, I, connect the dots for me. Gator Man, hello. Oh, they're very true, Steve. Very true statement. That's the bottom line. I mean, the bottom line is if you watch the team play, other teams got better playmakers than what you did. It's going to take some time. I know we're as fans. We want to win a national championship every year. But yeah, when you get a new coach, you're going to have some ups and downs. That's the bottom line. I, mean, I think Bill and Nick is the right coach, but you just got to be patient. I know everybody hates to see Tennessee doing what they're doing. You already know what they're doing, but the bottom line is if Florida gets the players and they'll do what it needs to be done, they'll get it done. And, and what was Tennessee's record last year? And there were some Tennessee fans who thought Heupel was the wrong hire. Now he can run for governor. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, you know, beat Alabama, you know, beat Florida. I mean, the sky's the limit. Like, you know, I mean, quicker you go up, guys, sometimes quicker you go down. But the bottom line is, you look at Florida, Coach Dan Mullen came in, won about 10 games the first year. You look at Michael Wayne, he got down to 10 games. But, you know, right now, you know, they're, they're struggling right now with Napier, but. I, like I said, in the long run, I think Napier will be the perfect high. But 
you just got to give them time. I mean, you're looking at the same player that's done the same thing last year in the Mullins, but that's the same player that's doing the same thing, so it's got to be a player issue, but we all want to blame the coach. I mean, bottom line, the coach called the play, and the players make them. Well, I mean, look, coaching is, is not blameless. You, 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 you don't fire players, you fire coaches. It's their job to take the athletes they have and they recruit and make them win. And they don't win enough, they don't coach. I mean, that's that's true, too. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm going to give you my midterm grade for this team, Steve. Far as the quarterback goes, I get a quarterback, I see, plus. Need to get tighten up on the passing game. The running backs, I give an A plus. I can tell you what, they got a nice uh, core running back. Offensive line, I give a B plus. D line, I give a D. They just missed too many gaps. Linebackers, C plus. I mean, Ventura Miller, I give him all the credit in the world. Cono backs get an F. Safeties get an F. Wide receivers, I give a C plus. Tight end, I give a D. Special team a C. Coaching, I give a C plus. And overall, I give this team a C right now, Steve. You have a good day. Gator man, thank you. 1243 Time Check brought to you by Hayes Chillery. John, Darrell, get right to you. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Matt Quartararo. The MLB playoffs roll on as the Yankees and Guardians play a deciding Game 5 from the Bronx. Originally scheduled for last night, first pitch will be today at 4.07, and you can tune in coverage right here starting at 3.30. Game 1 of the NLCS also starts tonight from San Diego as the Padres host the Phillies with a spot in the World Series on the line. Tune in to coverage from Game 1 right here starting at 7 o'clock. The NBA season gets underway this evening with a primetime doubleheader. The Celtics and 76ers get the year kicked off in the first game with the Lakers and defending champion Warriors to play the nightcap. Gators Volleyball hopes to extend their five-game winning streak against the Georgia Bulldogs. Florida currently holds a 15-3 record, which is good enough for 11th in the nation. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Matt Quateraro. ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. Hi, I'm Emma Smith, Hall of Famer and all-time lead in Russia with exciting news. If you suffer from chronic joint pain, Emmett Smith wants to introduce you to QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in biologic treatment for pain. I'm talking regenerative solutions that encourage your body to heal and repair itself. No medications, no surgeries, no downtime. If you have pain in your knees, hips, lower back, and shoulders, don't assume the old treatments are the only treatments. Learn more about how you can get lasting relief with biologic treatments that can repair and restore damaged tissue. Call to learn more about this exciting natural way to deal with chronic joint pain. Play golf without pain. Walk upstairs without pain. Play with your kids and grandkids without pain. Get back on your job without pain. Live your life pain-free. Call QC Kinetics. Call QC Kinetics, 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. 352-400-4550. Daughtry Tree Service has been voted Our Town Magazine's favorite local tree company for 2020, 2021, and 2022. As well as the Newberry Business Hall of Fame for the third year in a row. Call us today for a free estimate. And remember, at Daughtry Tree Service, there's no tree too tall. We do them all. As a small business owner, you've got aims to do. That's why the UPS Store is here to help. From printing to shredding, even mailboxing, you can get every aim your small business needs all done in one trip, saving you time for all your other aims, like professional photo taking or just enjoying family dinner. The UPS Store, every ink for small business, all in one place. The UPS Store. 
The UPS store locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours may vary. See center for details. Bump, set, spike. We are your home for Gator women's volleyball. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is Gator soccer coach Samantha Bohan, and you are listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Steve, I says that Florida ends up 7-5 with a win over FSU. I think that's a, a successful year. As a Gator fan, how would you feel about that scenario? Um, that would be okay uh, if, if, if I'm looking at Florida's first year and you beat your rival. That'd be good. Tampa Mike says, good point about connecting the dots. I agree. That's why I haven't been overly critical. It is what it is now. Come about three years from now, I pity Gator opponents. You better get them while they're down because things will be changing. Give it time and let it breathe. John, hello. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Okay. Hey, I'll just like I say, moving forward, I'm going to see about getting your coaching hat on. If, on defense, <laughs> it's like uh, we, we can't pressure the quarterback with the way we're doing it. DBs can't cover forever. And we can't stop the run. So we're, we're moving forward against the teams we face. Do we? What would you pick? Would you pick <laughs> no matter what? You're not going to run the ball if it means I got to put nine guys up there. You're going to have to beat us throwing it. I mean, what 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 would be the? I mean, we because right now with what we got ahead, we can't expect to win the way we're playing. So which poison do you pick to to try and stop the most? I mean, Boy. me personally, I say no matter what, I don't care if we got to put nine guys up there, you're not running the ball on us, period, and we'll take our chances from there on. But that that's my opinion on it. But Well, I think if you do that, and I, I see what you're, what you're trying to do, John, um, but if you do that, if, if you think the secondary is suspect and now you're asking them to single cover receivers – to stop the run, uh, if I'm an offensive coordinator, I love that. I'll just I'll just throw the ball all the time on that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, I, I mean, some of these younger DBs, and I heard uh, I don't know if it was Shane. I heard somebody say, you know what? Really, our DBs are not. You know, they 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 and I and, and Saturday was awful, but there were several there were several times that them the de- defensive back couldn't have covered the guy any better if he was a coach straight on the guy. They just made a good catch. You know, and I, I, I think our de- I think our defensive backs are a little bit better. Well, I personally think the defensive backs are a lot better than our defensive line. I think that's where we need the help. So I, I personally, I'd take my chance saying, look, y'all guys are fixing the – y'all man on man. You stick you man right off the line, and we're going to put so much up here in the front that they're not going to run. And if they try to drop back and pass, we got – eight guys up here coming after quarterback and, and take our lumps from there because <laughs> watching the defensive line get gashed, it, it's like, good Lord of mercy. It's almost like it, it, it just makes you want to fall down on the floor and pitch, pitch a temper tantrum. All right, John, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. Daryl, hi. Steve, would you say that um, Dan Mullen inherited, inherited better talent with McElwain's guys than what Napier's got from Mullen? Yes. Okay. Steve, I'm going to throw something out at you. I think a lot of the fan base probably got fool's gold against Utah. Because if you go back to that game, Steve, they were 
preseason ranked in the top ten, you know, Utah. You know, everybody got all excited after the Utah game. And as you know, AR was up for the Heisman Trophy. And, you know, we could be in the playoffs. And it came crashing down. I think some fans just couldn't believe how the season went. Me personally, I would have really lost that game and, you know, beat a Kentucky because it's an SEC, you know, opponent. Okay, and that being said, Steve, how do you think Utah matches up so far, say if they play the teams we've played in the SEC? Oh. I mean, when when they played Florida, they had a really good tight end. Right. And he's gone. So I think that hurts them uh, because they don't have arguably their best offensive weapon outside of the quarterback. Now in the Pac-12, they're still going to score points. Because they can't stop a train in the Pac-12. It's an offensive league, always has been. Um, but, you know, you, I don't think Utah would beat Tennessee. I don't think Utah would beat Alabama. I don't think Utah would beat Georgia. Uh, I'm not too sure Utah would beat LSU if it plays right. So, you know, but again, it, part of it is that night, that game, that break, hard to say. Yeah. Well, like I say, I think just people just bit into it too much. Us winning that game, it was it was a good victory, but I, you know, they just couldn't accept when we lost Kentucky and just kept on losing it. It came crashing down. To me, I'm not surprised. I said before the season started, it's going to be a process. Steve, it's going to be at least three years, and I just hope some of our fan base realize that. But I know how it is nowadays. It's what what are you doing for me right now? All right, thanks, Daryl. Well, I'm going to say this. I think it would take three years if you did it the traditional way. High school recruits, that sort of thing. But now you can go in the portal. And that can certainly change things in a hurry. Look at Tennessee. Dick, hello. Hey, Steve. How you doing, man? Great show. Hey, uh, you know, as a big Gator fan, you know, you always think it's going to be better than what – Sometimes it turns out to be. And I thought, you know, we had some more talent than we than what's being betrayed out in the field myself at the beginning of the year. But truthfully, when I look back at it, when I look at what um, um, Napier had said when he first got here, and, and you heard, you know, we're weak at defensive tackles or defensive line. We weren't sure about Anthony Richardson. I've heard you say many times, because a lot of people would call, myself included at times, saying, gosh, man, why is this guy playing? And, you know, you would constantly tell us, well, these coaches are out there every day. You know, they're putting the best guys in there. You know, and, and, and you're right. They do see these guys all the time. I think we're what we're supposed to be. I mean, we're not, are we better in Kentucky? Are we better in Tennessee? Are we better in LSU right now? No, they got better quarterback play. I think Anthony Richardson's what we, what we maybe thought he was going to be. Might look great like he did against Utah. Or we might struggle like he did against USF. So, I mean – I, you know, really looking at it realistically now, I've gone to every game, and I think we are what we are. We're, we're, we're deficient in a lot of areas. But I think the young guys he's had come in so far who are getting play in time, Kamari Wilson, Shamar James, stuff like that, I think the next couple of years are going to be bright if, if things keep progressing like they are. Hey, I'd rather be Napier than Mike Norvell three years in and being four and three. All right. Go ahead. Thank you. No, I just got to take some other calls, Dick. Thank you for yours. Uh, Tony, hello. How you doing, Steve? Good. Good. Uh, on the bye week, 
if I could have two wishes to, um, that Napier doing one on defense, one on offense, I would love to see is um, come up with a true um, nickel package where it's third and long, and whether it be um, you know taking one of your one of your corners that could cover pretty good, put them in the actual nickel spot. I know they call it star, but it's, it's just a nickel. And then maybe bringing in, taking out your two linebackers and bringing in maybe a James and, and, and Dean, uh, James and um, what's the guy, Black. And, and by the way, what is Black hurt? Yes, he was hurt last game. Is he out for the season or anything like that? They He's never say. Okay. They just, they just, then, they have an injury list and they just say Joe Smith, lower body. That's all they say. And then just taking out the, the two D tackles and putting just, the ends like maybe like the Giants used to do with um, they played New England just get that speed you know on the field. If I could see that, I, I would be just ecstatic. And then offensively, just bringing in a four wide set and spreading out the field to give you know Anthony more room to, or to work in every once in a while. Those are two things I would love to see during the open week. Probably won't happen, but just just. From my coaching standpoint, would love to see. Well, but if you, from your coaching standpoint, then you're going away from the strength of the offense. No, no, not a state. Yeah, you are. Anthony Richardson has seven interceptions and six touchdown passes. Look where Florida, what Florida does running the football. Well, that's that's the thing. When people say four wide, you can run out of four wide. You're just opening the lanes up. Uh, I think having two tight end sets. Where your, your tight ends is not your strength of the team causes some issues. Um, that that's, that I think it causes some issues for the quarterback if the tight ends are not a threat. Well, they run a lot of twelve personnel, and and that sometimes uh, what's the word I want to use? I don't want to say baffles me, but I, I think and look, I'm not there. I, I just I just see what I see, but it, nothing away from Zipper. He's he's okay, but he's not Kyle Pitts. And nobody really is, and Florida doesn't have an elite tight end, and they use twelve personnel a lot. So either utilize the twelve personnel more, or to your point, maybe change up formationally. Exactly, because I, I, if you would you would say Whitmore is a better receiver than um, than Xander is a tight end. Yeah, would you say that? Yeah. yeah. All right. So get your best players on the field. All right, thank you, Tony. Let's see here. Let me get to the rest of these emails here. Uh, Mark says, this is what I've seen from Ben, but don't break. Worst third down D in the country. Kills Gator time of possession. Stunts AR's growth as a quarterback because he has fewer live reps. Also, the offense as a whole fatigues the Gator D at a faster rate. Do you disagree with any of those points above? Um, I don't know about stunning AR's growth. I see the point you're making about having less plays. That would be the one... I, I probably question if I had to question any of them. Uh, Tony, his UCF friends hated Heupel because he wasn't Frost. Right. Brad, best analogy I've heard to explain our situation. Fans booed Mullen for bad recruiting and now are harping on these coaches for not succeeding with mostly the same players. That's like hiring a bad chef that cooks a terrible dinner than expecting a great breakfast from the same chef. And I would ask any of you if you disagree with what I what I said earlier. Because again, if you ran Mullen out of here because he because he could not recruit, the level of recruiting was not 
good, and now you're saying to this coaching staff, you're not succeeding, it's those recruits. I mean, can anybody help me there? Herbert, you got a, a minute to go here. Go. Okay? Not there. Um, BB, quickly. Um, Chargers and Broncos have offensive issues. Yep. Um, Van Pelt, afterward, of all the games we've ever watched, this was the most recent. <laughs> uh, learned something last night on a, on a punt fair catch. You can knock one of the receiving team's players into his teammate trying to catch the ball, not the interference. The Chargers did, causing a fumble, recovering the ball. Uh, he's giving me picks. Uh, Ole Miss, Bama beats Mississippi State, Oregon, TCU, Clemson, South Carolina, and no Thursday night NFL joy for the Saints. Hour two coming up. Much more time to take your questions, calls, and comments. This is the final show of the week, so want to hear from you. ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. WRUF Gainesville, U251CG Gainesville. From the Spurrier's Gridiron Grill Studios, we are ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. It is one of the top five most important purchases you're going to make in your entire life. International Diamond Center's Ryan McKellen talking about your engagement ring. We take the time to make sure that you have that peace of mind in that purchase. At IDC, peace of mind starts with a hand-picked certified diamond that is cut for maximum brilliance. And when I put my diamond up against a diamond that you can find in almost any other retail location, we're going to end up beating the competition because our product stands out to the eye of the beholder. It sparkles more, it jumps off the ring, and just outperforms. And to showcase that diamond, IDC has rings from premier designers like Takori, Viraggio, Henry Dossi, and many more. IDC carries brands that other stores are not even allowed to carry. And then you get the strongest warranties in the jewelry industry, backed by a family who stands behind every purchase for life. Our integrity is paramount. We take care of your ring for life. We invite you in as an extension of our family. But you always know that you're getting top quality products. So that peace of mind that the customer gets is unbelievable. International Diamond Center for that once-in-a-lifetime purchase at Celebration Point. Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. I first heard of Exceptional Dentistry through family. Our dentist had retired and we were looking for a new dentist and I valued everybody's input from the family. And so they said that it was professional, well done, friendly staff. Uh, they were just so impressed. I would like people to know about Exceptional Dentistry that you can trust them implicitly to do the best job ever. It's not your worry. Let, put the worry in their hands and then you'll have great outcome. Let them do their thing. It's a great spot. We recommend them to everybody. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at exceptionaldentistry.com. That's exceptionaldentistry.com. Welcome to Sports Scene with Steve Russell. Let's talk some sports and have some lunch on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM WRUF. Welcome to Hour 2 of Sports Scene for this Tuesday. Thank you for making time out of your busy day to join us. Hope you enjoyed Inside the Huddle earlier today. Uh, we are taking calls this hour, last show of the week. We're going to take a little uh, break a little bye week, and then come back and hit it hard. Uh, 
on Monday. 3928255, email srussell at wruf.com. Sam is producing today. All right, Herbert, we're going to try it again. Go ahead. This is Herbert. How are you doing? Yes, hello. Yes, sir. Do you hear me? Gotcha. Okay, good. Mr. Russell, what do you think about uh, a two-quarterback system at this point? I've never been a fan of that, personally. I'm not either, but let's put them out there and let's see what happens. I, I, I think that would be somewhat effective for a while. We don't know that. I know, but you got to try. Well, no, you don't. That that's. I mean, okay. I, I understand, and you know, I, I made this point earlier, and I'm not knocking Anthony Richardson in any way, shape, or form. But it's amazing to me where the fan base has gone with him, because over the summer, he was going to win the Heisman Trophy. He was going to do, you know, he was going to be all that in a slice of cheese. And now people want him out of there. Two quarterbacks. Let's get somebody else in there. But that's how it is because it's okay. about performing and it's about producing. Well, I, I just think we, if we don't, we're going to lose number 11. But he is good. I'm not saying he's better than uh, Richardson. I'd just like to see it tried more. Thank okay. You. All right. Thank you. You know, it, football is, is, I'm glad it isn't like medicine. Let, let's try this. Oh, it, it killed the guy. Sorry. We tried it. Coaches are not infallible. Coaches make mistakes. But they know the personnel better than we do. And I think at some point, if Coach X feels that there needs to be a quarterback change or a position change, they make it. Tony says, do you think Franklin's hit his ceiling at Penn State? Well, they just gave him a big, fat new contract, so Penn State fans are hoping not. But, you know, they just offensively are just not very good. I mean, they have to win games. They're very good on defense, but, yeah, I don't know how they compete you know, with Michigan and Ohio State. I, I just don't think they can do that. Austin, hello. Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. Um, yeah, you know, uh, all this talk about uh, replacing Anthony Richardson, uh, I guess uh, the backup quarterback really is the best position in football, huh? Sure. Yeah. And, uh, but, no, I mean, I think, you know, we got to stick with AR. You know, I mean, he's – I yeah, I, I don't even – uh, by that comment. I think, you know, we got to stick with AR. He's our guy for the season, and uh, Napier will coach him up. Um, but the question that I had for you is, um, with our defense, um, do you think it's more scheme or the players we have? I'm not in that locker room. I'm not in a, in a, in a room, Austin, to know specifically what they are doing. Mm-hmm. So I'm not qualified to answer that, mm-hmm. okay? I'll give, let, let me give you an Alabama analogy. Okay. Nick Saban is a pretty damn good coach, mm-hmm. and his pedigree is defense. Do you right. think Alabama fans today are saying, huh, I wonder if it's personnel or scheme? Yeah. Right? I mean, I right, right. So, I mean, sometimes 
you've got to tip your cap to the other team. Tennessee scores on anybody. Mm-hmm. But I understand the problems, you know, with Florida. And I'm, I'm going to go back to my statement of a while ago. If the measuring stick is how many times did people call here and say to me and say to Shane, once we get a, a, a facility here, you know, everything will be okay. You know, my, um, I mean, uh, Mullen didn't recruit, so Napier is going to recruit. Well, that takes time, number one, and I'm going to say it for a third time. If you're complaining, you got Mullen out of here because his level of recruiting wasn't good enough, that's what this staff is coaching. Right. You cannot have it both ways, in my opinion. Right. I agree. And, uh, you know, I guess it really is going to be a process. And I guess like other people have said, you know, the Utah game was just kind of a aberration, I guess. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, we could still end up with uh, a pretty, I mean, an okay season. But, you know, always a Gator. Go Gator, Steve. Thanks. Thank you, Austin. Tony, hello. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think Richardson isn't playing what, what everybody wished he was. Uh, but I got to tell you, I'm looking at it, and 35 points uh, in this game, that should be a victory. 24 points against Missouri was a victory. 52 points was a victory. 38 points uh, versus 33, five-point difference. It sounds to me like the defense, and, and there is some of the offense, but I think the defense is things got to really improve. And Richardson, again, he's – He's young. He's, he can improve, and uh, I think it's going to take time or we're going to have somebody else. Well, to your point, if, if you – now, I mean, there's a lot of people who are really down on the defense, certainly understand why, okay? I'm not – but if you went into the LSU game and you said Florida scores 35 points, I think a majority of fans would have said that's a win. That's a win. But that should have been a win. But yeah. it wasn't. Right. Right. Uh, so who do you blame? I mean, do, you, uh, do you blame a guy who's who uh, scored thirty-five points, or or an uh, offense that scored scored thirty-five points, or fifty-two points two weeks before, thirty-eight points three weeks before? I mean, you know, it, the, the guy isn't the Heisman Trophy winner that everybody thought he was. But you got to either give him a chance or give somebody else a chance. Tony, appreciate your call. Thank you. Rick, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. Good morning. Uh, let me start off with Alabama uh, and their loss just by saying uh, Alabama, they have lost a little bit of their edge this year. It's happening every game almost they've played in. So <clears throat> whatever's going on with Alabama, it's, it's you know, they got to find their problem and fix it. But they got a problem, too, even though they're a great team, greatly recruited. Enough about Alabama. I want to split the Gators into two parts. I've called in. I've asked you guys your opinion. You've got mine from time to time. But bottom line is there's two parts of this deal that are the problem. Recruiting, it's going to be a year or two before we know. Everybody might as well cut the comments on recruiting. It looks good. It looks promising. Uh, it looks better than it's been in a long time. So there's just we've got to wait now. That's just a time thing to wait it out and get these players inserted. second part is we don't have a defense. We don't have a very good offense. It's one-dimensional. If we've got a chance, I asked last week what you guys thought about how we could 
currently uh, make the game better for us. As Shane said, more competitive. I said win. Bottom line is we got to get out of this one-dimensional thing, get a passer in there. If we split time with Richardson, that's okay. Get Kitten in or my grandmother or somebody can throw the ball so we can spread people out, get them thinking that we can pass. If we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting. And dumb money don't make any money at all. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Chris, hello. Hey, Steve. Uh, usually I, I wait a couple of days before I call you, because if I call you during the postgame show, I'll be, like, super emotional. <laughs> uh, and I, yeah. I like to spend a couple of days. I read Will Miles. I watch the Gator Nation. Uh, they do, like, an all-22 film breakdown. So you can see what's happening schematically. And I try to call you as informed as possible. I think human nature wants to to do the binary thing. It's either or, right? It's either the players or the coaches. When in reality, stuff is more of a mixed bag. I sure. mean, that's just the reality of it, is that we've got a long way to go with our players. We've got a long way to go with our recruiting. Some of what we're seeing coaching-wise is because of the players. I mean, it's clear at this point, halfway to the season, that they're doing things schematically to protect the players from themselves. I mean, running, we only ran nine plays in man. Uh, they were five of nine, by the way, on man in, in man coverage with no first downs. So, you know, we can argue all day, should they blitz more? Should they run more man? But the coaches at this point feel like running zone 90% of the game, whether it's cover two, three, or four, that that's the most effective way to protect our talent disadvantage. Um, and then everything else is just arguable and it's just conjecture. What I am a little more concerned about this week from a longer-term coaching standpoint is that some of it looks like some of the basic things that would protect us in third down. Like, for instance, we know we have a talent gap. It's the same guys as last year pretty much. But we are not the 131st most least talented team. So that tells me that there are things that we could do whether it's player substitution or, like, for instance, they were running a player across the middle all game to take Ventrell out of the play and have him cover a running back and a tight end. So a coaching standpoint, at some point, you don't let the offense do what you want them to do. Let Shamar James cover that guy. Now, you may be susceptible somewhere else. Um, they went at Jadon Hill eight times, seven catches, 127 yards, two touchdowns schematically you would switch Jadon Hill out of that or let him run a different coverage they had him running the same coverage all game so I'm just wondering we're not we're also not doing pattern matching um, I'm just wondering how much of it at this point is we aren't making the adjustments or it's not being learned well enough like can can you kind of touch on why some of those adjustments aren't being made and why no i i I thank you no i can't because i'm billy napier is not going to go into at least what i perceive him to do in his press conferences is not going to talk x and o's with you and we can't interview assistant coaches they're not made available so anything is conjecture. They're not the 131st worst defense. It's on third down. So let me make that point. Okay, they're not the last ranked defense. They're last ranked in third down. But that's all conjecture. I don't know. And look, if, if you say to a player, 
we're to go man across the board. Well, maybe that one guy's not a great man cover. So put somebody else in there. Okay, well, maybe he... I get it. Everybody searches for answers when things aren't going right. But only those players and those coaches know, you know, what the issues are. 114, time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Gainesville Sports Center, here's what's trending now on ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon, I'm Lauren Halpern. In the MLB, the Cleveland Guardians will head to New York for Game 5 of the ALDS series against the Yankees. The series is tied 2-2, two and, two, and they'll compete in a winner-take-all matchup. Find live coverage right here starting at 3.30. In NLCS news, the Philadelphia Phillies will take on the Padres in San Diego in Game 1 of the NLCS. This is the first NLCS between two teams with fewer than 90 wins. Coverage can be found right here starting at 7 p.m. The Gator volleyball team looks to keep their five-game win streak alive as they head into tomorrow's face-off against Georgia. The team is 15-3 on the season with only one loss at home. They'll invite the Bulldogs to Gainesville for a 7 p.m. start time. That's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Lauren Halpern. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Friends, when you're looking to buy a vehicle, what do you look for? What, what, what is it in a dealership that you want to have? Well, you, you want to have a large selection of vehicles. You want to be able to trust the dealership. And you want to be able to know that you can test drive the vehicles, walk down and take a look at them at your leisure, and just know that your buying experience is going to be the best it can be. Well, that's what you get when you go to Southeast Car Agency. The only difference is they don't have any new vehicles, but they're the best and late model low mileage vehicles. And the selection is great. They do their very best to get the biggest selection, the widest selection of vehicles, so you have great things to choose from. Their sales staff's great because they never pressure you. They work with you to make sure you get the vehicle you want. You can test drive them, eyeball them for yourself, or go online at secars.com, and you can then check out the vehicles for yourself. I've been a customer of Southeast Car Agency for a long time for actually two reasons. One, I trust the dealership. I trust the Cousins family in business for over 40 years, and every vehicle I've purchased has been a really good one. They'll do the same thing for you. Go see him in person. Tell him Sports Scene sent you to Southeast Car Agency. We're all on this planet together. So join Odyssey and find your one thing. As autumn temperatures get cooler, here are some simple things you can do to help out the environment. Remove any window air conditioners. Check windows and door seals for proper insulation to keep heat in and cold air out. And check your furnace, making sure it's clean. And replace the air filter with a new one to keep it running at peak efficiency all winter long. Join Odyssey. And together, each of us doing one thing makes a greener tomorrow. What's your one thing? Hurricane season is here, and now is the time to make a plan and know your zone. In the case of an evacuation, have a plan to go to a hurricane shelter, hotel, or stay with a family or friends. If you're ordered to evacuate, you need to leave. You can rebuild your home, but you cannot rebuild your life. This hurricane season, know your zone. Know your home. Learn more at floridadisaster.org. This message is sponsored by the Florida Division of Emergency Management, the Florida Association of Broadcasters, and this radio station.
October is National Pedestrian Safety Month and a time to remind everyone that pedestrian safety is a shared responsibility. Pedestrians, walk on sidewalks, or if a sidewalk isn't available, walk facing traffic. Watch for cars exiting driveways or backing up in parking lots, and remain visible at all times. Motorists, failing to yield to pedestrians in crosswalks could result in a citation and points on your driver's license. Remember, pedestrian safety is a two-way street. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles. When our clients are injured in an accident, it is our goal to lift the burden off of them from the moment they call us. If you call our office, you'll speak to one of our four practicing attorneys. We understand the stress that you and your family are under. We will help you and get the best results in your case. We fight as hard as we can. It becomes personal. It's not just a client, it's a personal relationship. Visit ffplaw.com for a free consultation. From the four corners of the globe, the world's greatest set their sights on one goal. The Breeders' Cup World Championships coming to iconic Keeneland this November 4th and 5th. Over two days and 14 championship races, the pinnacle of international thoroughbred racing will put the most jaw-dropping, heart-pounding spectacle before your very eyes. Coverage begins Friday on USA, continues Saturday on USA and NBC. Visit BreedersCup.com slash 2022 to learn more. I've always been a big fan of Meguiar's and recently washed my truck, noticed some light swirls on the paint. Good news is Meguiar's once again has the solution. Grab Meguiar's new hybrid ceramic pre-wax prep, the latest member to their hybrid ceramic family. Easy to use, left the paint glossy, and let me tell you, the color really pops. Follow pre-wax prep with a coat of Meguiar's hybrid ceramic liquid wax for extreme water beating protection. Truck looks great, and it's ready to hit the road. Meguiar's ceramic made easy. The WRUF Radio app. Your source for sports every second of every hour of every day. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. And now, more sports scene with Steve Russell here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and online at WRUF.com. Troy says, defense hard to watch. Hopefully, coach to be open to taking more risks to rush the passer. If going forward on fourth down, offense considered playing to win. Maybe stacking the defensive line and devising ways to free up rushers is playing to win as well. Doing what they're doing on defense ensures long, drawn-out drives, limited plays for the offense, at least with pressure. Chance for an off-throw, penalty, something. Uh, exciting baseball being played, too. Talk about frustration. How unfortunate with the Mariners. Yeah, they played the Astros pretty tough, but couldn't get it done. Uh, David is next. David, hi. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2017, uh, which I believe was McElwain's last year, um, uh, Florida was fifth in total defense in the country. And um, and then in 2018 and 19, they were they were in the 20s, you know, which is still pretty good. Um, and you, you know, you could make an argument that those were, you know, many of those players were probably McElwain's recruits. Um, then uh, 21 or 20 and 21, um, they were uh, they fell into the 70s in total defense. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, Obviously, uh, Todd Grantham forgot how to coach defense, and, and so they dropped into the 70s. Um, 
I, you know, I just think it all points to uh, recruiting and, and, and personnel. Well, I don't know if it's all that because, you know, you, what you do as a coordinator, what you, what you do schematically does matter. But I'm going to go back to this. When I talk about recruiting and fans do, I'm guilty of this a little bit too, and I think fans are, that you know, you don't mean to demean players who are here. But if you're asking, you know, who on the defensive side of the ball right now is a first-round guy, there aren't any, in my opinion. Okay? Now, we've seen teams that don't have great talent still do well because they're coached well or because their scheme is good. So coaching is important and Jimmy's and Joe's are important. But I'll say again, if you're going to run a guy out of town because he wasn't recruiting well, these are the same recruits. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. I mean, you don't have to have, I mean, great personnel across the board like, you know, maybe Georgia does. Uh, But still, you know, what – <laughs> what is the level of that talent you have, and and how are they in learning? Okay, uh, certain systems, and you know, I mean, I I just think I don't know. Again, uh, we saw a, a serious drop off in the last couple of years, and and Grantham, you know, was was still the same defensive coordinator. So, uh, you know, like I said, to me, it it just points to a serious deficiency in talent. Okay, thank you, David. Appreciate your call. Frederick said. Uh, regarding recruiting. seems everybody seems to get all wound up. Uh, Program X may have the number one recruiting classes up to the coaching staff to mold them and fine-tune the talent. That's what makes a program shine. Have personnel with high rankings is only part of the puzzle. That's true. That's true. Jan, hello. Yeah, uh, I won't want to take issues, Steve. I, you know, you have, a, you have a great show. You have great guests. But you're, uh, you know, whipping the fan base is really getting old. I mean, you spend so much time on this. Let me just say that, you know, you can find with tens of, literally tens of thousands of Gator fans, you can find opinions of the worst, most stupid kind. But to say that's what the fan base thinks. The fan base does not think Anthony Richardson should be sat down. The fan base is not trying to fire Billy Napier. And the fans didn't run Mullen out of town. Scott Strickland fired a guy who was making, I don't know how many millions he was making, for not cutting it, and he could see it. And the fans are the customers. They're the one paying the bills here. They're the one paying every, including your, I mean, if there weren't the fans, you wouldn't have a show. There'd be no Florida football. And the fans are always going to be there for college sports because it's mostly made up of alumni, although people that live in a region also support the team. But these are as loyal as they get, customers. For, you know, football fans, especially in the Southeast, they're not, you know, I'm not going to decide, oh, Georgia's got a good team this year. I think I'll root for them. Heck no, that's not going to happen. I mean, they can be 0-10 and, and I'm a Gator fan. And I don't agree. I'm not in favor of that. Not, you get, I listen to your show a lot. I haven't heard people calling for Napier's head or, oh, he needs to go. He's not doing good enough or that Richardson should be sat down. Yeah, it's the one – a guy suggested maybe get a second quarterback there in and out, but that's not the same thing as saying Richardson can't cut him and fire him. So, you know, you can you generalize using the worst examples and act like that's what the quote-unquote fan base thinks. And it's just not what the fan base thinks. 
Okay. Well, first of all, you don't speak for the fan base. You don't either. I agree. I don't. So I okay. Well, I you, well, you I just did. I, you I'm just a fan. did. I speak for me. You just did. Come on, man. It's by Jan, the you, your own crap. words. You, your own words. <laughs> you, you just said Steve, the fan base does. Argument. Jan, don't interrupt me when I'm talking. I let you talk. You be quiet now. Thank you. Okay, that's what this is about. Now, your words. You just said the fan base doesn't. What does that mean? What does that imply? Okay? You have your opinion. I have my opinion. That's what this is about. Thank you for your call. 392-8255. You can email. And look, fan base has every right to be criticized. I have every right to be criticized. When I'm talking about a fan base, I'm talking about a fan base in general. And if you don't think that fan bases don't have something to do with a coach being let go, you need your head in the sand. That's part of the deal. ADs hear that. And fans are the customers. But when the customer speaks loudly, what happens? That is my point. Tim, hello. Hey, Steve. Um, you know, everybody talking coaching and personnel and all that stuff, and, and what's getting me... I understand it's going to be a long process. I, I don't have a problem with some of the blown coverages and mistakes that, that are occurring. That's fine. They're kids, you know, but what's getting me is, is, is the lack or apparent lack of learning by the coaching staff of their own mistakes with, with time management and with taking points. Um, I don't know if it's a difference because where he came from, he had to play for touchdowns all the time. And I understand we kind of do in this team, but you also need points. And, you know, if we take the three earlier in the game, we're down seven at the end of the game. Now, does it change what happens? No, not necessarily, but you're trying to win. And like I said, I don't know if part of it is where he came from. Look, when you're at Louisiana, you got to score touchdowns all the time. You're not going to win by kicking field goals. But in the SEC, you need points. And when you have the opportunity to take points – you should probably take them more often than we are, and we keep making the same mistake, and we keep making the same mistake on the clock. And that is, that's what's concerning to me, not the mistakes by the players. That's going to happen. That should improve with better personnel, fine. But I'm not sure why we continue to make the same errors coaching-wise on that aspect of it. Let, let me address one of those errors that you call an error. Okay. Florida was down 14 points and then could have kicked a field goal and didn't, okay? Correct. So what difference is it if you're down 11 as opposed to 14? The difference is at the end of the game, you're not down 10, but you're you down don't, but you, but you can't, you, you, you right, don't you, know what's going to happen. You don't know, right. But you can't always only go for the touchdown. You ha- and, and look, Spurrier was the king of, I'm not kicking, I don't know how many field goals he probably kicked in his 11-year career, not him personally, obviously. Right. That's a different story. <laughs> but, you know, I, you've got to take points. You, you have to when they're available sometimes, especially with a team as deficient as us where we know we're going to give them up. So to, to gamble, it, I mean, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball when you're already behind the eight ball defensively. And, and that's my problem is I just – that, that's my personal critique. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just the way I see it at this point. I don't think that they're handling that right, and we keep making the same error over and over.
over and over again. Okay. Um, secondly, I just wanted to ask you real quick about MLB. You know, the the Braves getting a, a five-day layoff, which is longer than the All-Star break, playing four consecutive day games other than a rainout that pushes them, and then the other seed getting the weekend home games, it certainly didn't feel like home field advantage. Um I think that's something Major League Baseball needs to look into. All three of those things shouldn't happen to a top-seeded team. So I just didn't know if you had any opinions on those. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It didn't feel like that. I'll use your word. It didn't feel like that. And sometimes when you are in a short series, the best team over the course of 162 games doesn't win. I mean, Phillies are playing pretty good. Padres playing pretty good. So oh, yeah, and, and, and no doubt, yeah, that's not why those teams won necessarily. I just, you know, it just seems, it seems like it disincentivizes trying to win the division if you're going to be forced to take a, a layoff longer than the All Star break before you start the postseason when it's a game of rhythm and you should be as hot as you can be, and instead you get a week off. Well, I would say so. this: I wish the Mets had had that because some teams with an older rotation could have used that time. Yeah. So I mean, it just. Yeah. Depends on where you are, you know, with, with your organization, with your group. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Tim. One thirty-one. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF. This is Hub Brown, Dean of the College of Journalism and Communications here at the University of Florida, and you are listening to ESPN, 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. There's a feeling of pride and excellence that comes with living in Gator Country. Just ask Chuck Bush at Chuck Bush Auto Repair and Gator Transmission. A safe running vehicle needs regular upkeep, so Bush Auto Repair specializes in same day maintenance. And when she's not running, an ASE tech and computer diagnostic will identify the problem and fix it right the first time. Straight talk and excellent service you'd expect in the swamp. Read their reviews. Keeping cars on the road since 1954. Call Chuck Bush Auto Repair and Gator Transmission. Being careful these days with your budget doesn't mean you have to settle for inferior quality jewelry at a mall store. If you're used to shopping in malls and never been into an IDC before, I want to personally invite you in. International Diamond Center owner Keith LeClaire. We've got something for everybody. It doesn't matter your budget. It doesn't matter if you need financing. We'll make it happen. As a manufacturing jeweler, IDC is able to cut out the middleman. Our diamond bracelets, we buy the bracelet, we buy the diamonds, we assemble it. Our diamond bands, we buy the mounting, we buy the diamonds, we assemble it. So you're cutting out all that 40% that's in the middle for these manufacturers. And that's for superior quality jewelry with free service for life. When you come into IDC, you're going to get better quality for less, period. International Diamond Center. The one thing I'll guarantee to you is you will make a big financial mistake if you don't shop IDC. At Celebration Point or visit us online at shopidc.com. What QC Kinetics is doing for people here is nothing short of amazing. I'm talking real lasting relief from joint pain. Hey, it's Steve Russell. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in exciting new pain treatments with advanced regenerative medicine, non-surgical alternatives. If you're living with joint pain from injury or arthritis, don't let them tell you steroids, pain meds, and surgery are your only options. QC Kinetics uses regenerative treatments that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Maybe you've been diagnosed with bone-on-bone arthritis. You've been told you need a replacement. Call QC Kinetics now for an alternative way to deal with the pain. These amazing protocols work with pain caused by injury as well, like a torn meniscus or rotator cuff. Call QC Kinetics now. 
Don't keep living with that pain. Learn how regenerative medicine can give your life back with no drugs and no surgery. Now with clinics in Ocala, the Villages, and in Gainesville. 352-400-4550. That's 352-400-4550. QC Kinetics. Airlines have just reduced their prices even more. Book 30 days in advance and save big. Want the absolute lowest prices on your airline tickets? Then call the low-cost airlines travel hotline right now. For prices so low, we can't publish them anywhere. The only way to access our low rates and save up to 70% is to call. Save hundreds on your vacation tickets by calling right now. You can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your or airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go and pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at Low Cost Airlines. 802-341-4542-802-341-4542-802-341-4542. That's 802-341-4542. From the UF Weather Center, here is your WRUF weather update. Wednesday this afternoon, gusts between 15 and 20 miles an hour possible. On top of that, it'll be cooler than the past few days. Highs today only getting into the mid-70s. Tonight, turning downright cold. Lows by the morning, dropping into the lower 40s. Well below average temperatures expected tomorrow afternoon, with breezy conditions continuing. Highs only in the mid-60s. In the UF Weather Center, I'm Megan Borowski. Now, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. Justin Fields, he can beat you with his legs. I want my quarterback to beat you with his arm. Carson Wentz should be better. He had 99 passing yards. And it's not like he can rely on his legs where you go, well, thank God he can scramble. He doesn't anymore. This is primetime football. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings at 9, right here on WRUF. Things football. 63 yard touchdown, and the ball game is tied. You are listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, the home of the Florida Gators. This is University of Florida President Kent Fox, and you're listening to Sports Scene with Steve Russell, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WRUF, and anywhere in the world on the WRUF radio app. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, now joins us to talk a little National Football League. i got some intriguing things to ask you, Ben. First of all, welcome in and thanks for doing this. Um, Buffalo, Kansas City, I think, lived up to its billing. If I said to you right now, who's the best team in the NFL, who would that be? Would it be Buffalo? Yeah, I definitely think they showed, you know, why they were the preseason favorites and kind of why they've been, you know, the favorites to win the Super Bowl through the first six weeks of the season, right? I do think, you know, the injury situation, especially in their secondary, I would say was maybe overstated. It was really helpful that, you know, Jordan Poyer was able to play. But, you know, from top to bottom, they look like they have the most complete roster in the NFL. Uh, you know, I do still think you have to lean Josh Allen over a guy like Jalen Hurts. Maybe he doesn't have... You know, he's not he, – I do think he's very much on the same level as, you know, a guy like Patrick Mahomes. But uh, I, I think, you know, if you're comparing specific quarterbacks, maybe Patrick Mahomes still gets the nod. But I think overall from a roster standpoint, you know, the Buffalo Bills showed on Sunday why uh, they should very much be the favorites to win the Super Bowl right now. 
you know, you, you look at, at the Bucks and th- their schedule seems fairly navigable, but they're only 3-3. Three and three. Is there cause for concern there? Yeah, I definitely think so because we've seen, um, you know, Tom Brady, I would say, still perform – you know, relative to expectation, I think that's got to be kind of the concerning thing is that he hasn't still taken, you know, a lot of sacks, the offensive line, you know, hasn't been great. And the injuries obviously play a role in that, but he has been able to get the ball out quickly. It's just that the receivers aren't really separated. So I, I think at some point they're going to be able to put it together, but I still think that top end range for, for them actually being, you know, legitimate Super Bowl contenders may not be there this year, especially if they can't get some of these guys back from injury. So we've basically had them, you know, with the eighth most difficult strength to schedule through the first six games of the season. Now it moves to 30th. So I do think there is some time for them to get it right and kind of get some of the offensive issues sorted out. But uh, I think that they absolutely have to do uh, and make some changes uh, in order to kind of reach that upper, upper echelon of NFL teams right now. Ben, we knew at the start of the year when Green Bay – you know, lost Devontae Adams. Uh, they didn't really go out and do much at the receiver position, and they've actually scored fewer points than they've given up, and they're 3-3. Three and three. With the trade deadline coming, what do the Packers do, if anything? Yeah, I mean, and Randall Cobb, you know, out with injury as well. So I do think that has been, you know, the real crux of their issues is that, you know, Aaron Rodgers at this stage in his career can't, can't can't basically get it done with I would say a somewhat lackluster receiving unit, especially if they don't have that top end guy. I think there was a lot made of you know the narrative shift in the off season with you know guys like Tyreek Hill and guys like Devontae Adams switching teams and how that would impact both quarterbacks. But Patrick Mahomes still very much has that guy that can win over the middle on crucial third down type situations in Travis Kelsey, and we're seeing now Aaron Rodgers doesn't have any sort of guy that he can rely on. And I think that that is, you know, obviously impacting his game. If they can't find somebody to at least get, you know, some sort of separation on third down in crucial situations, they're very much, you know, I would say uh, on the outside looking in as far as winning the NFC North and maybe even getting to the playoffs. So I think they need to do something. I know, you know, Odell Beckham Jr., um, you know, is available, kind of getting back from injury. He's been, you know, somewhat discussed as going back to the Rams, maybe the Packers, maybe the Bills. I think he's definitely an option, but uh, I think they honestly need to kick the tires on you know any wide receiver that would potentially be available. But getting the right fit and bringing him up to speed on their scheme and what they're actually trying to do, you know, are pretty drastic barriers right now. So I think if you were you know maybe choosing between two teams in the NFC as far as who you could think would probably kind of put it all together, I would definitely lean in the Bucks direction over a team like the Green Bay Packers right now. Ben, you know, what's always fascinated me, and if you think I'm wrong, please tell me, you know, in the NBA, in Major League Baseball, when the trade deadline comes, there seems to be a real flurry of activity. But in the NFL, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really seem like that. Am am I wrong in that? And one, and two, you know, McCaffrey's out there. Are, are, are Are there blockbusters that might be made at the deadline? Yeah, I mean, I think we are. I think just like the rise in trades that have happened even in the offseason has kind of, um, I would say, bumped up a little bit in the last few seasons. So maybe that could be a reason why, um, you know, we would see a, a few more trades happening, you know, close to the deadline. But, um, you know, outside of that, it, it, it's, it's tough to know who's exactly actually available um as far as you know specific wide receiver considerations obviously Robbie Anderson you know was dealt those are typically the types of you know trades we see in season 
Um, I would actually think, you know, it, it, from, you know, a pure trying to team build perspective, there is reasons why you should definitely go out there and kind of be a little bit more active. But we haven't seen any sort of team, you know, consistently do that year in and year out. Uh, I think it's probably going to change. But right now, it's, you know, it's such an unknown that we have, you know, probably not uh, a ton of information as far as who is even really available right now, given the state of the season and given the state of that team. All right, let me end with this. Put you on the spot a little bit. If you had to give me now the top three teams in the AFC, top three teams in the NFC, who would you choose? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I, I think it's, you know, Buffalo, Kansas City uh, right away as one, two. Uh, and then that's, that's kind of the question mark, right? <laughs> I do think, you know, you could make a case for team like uh, Baltimore or Cincinnati. If, 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 if I was, you know, handicapping it right now, I do still think Cincinnati is probably the third best team in the AFC, as crazy as that sounds. As, with as, you know, poor as they've been along the offense line and with Joe Burrow, quarterback, I still think they have enough playmakers. You know, wide receiver position, their defense has been really poor. They do have a really difficult schedule, but I would say they are the third best team in the AFC. I think NFC, um, you know, definitely Philadelphia is up there. Then it, 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 it's, it's kind of a conglomerate of teams. Like I said earlier, I don't really love, you know, the Packers, so I definitely think they're out. Tampa Bay, maybe I would say fits in there. Um, but, but um, you know, the, the San Francisco injury situation as well is definitely concerning. Uh, and Dallas, I do still think we maybe don't understand how good they could actually be since they've been so good defensively and they are getting Dak Prescott back. So I do think um, I would probably go Tampa to – uh, and Dallas number three right now, but it's uh, it's it's definitely chaotic in the outside of the top two teams. I would say overall in the NFL. That's interesting, uh, Ben. Where can people see your work? Yeah, so I'm on uh, uh, Twitter, PFF underscore Ben Brown. Write a lot of you know content uh, on PFF.com. We also have a mobile app, which you know people can download on their iPhones, and you know there's there's a lot of great fantasy uh, betting and just general PFF news uh, as well. So we do have some you know trade trade-type targets from guys like Brad Spielberger and Doug Hyatt that uh, I think a lot of people, if they are kind of interested in that trade market especially, uh, should definitely go check out their work as well. Okay. Always appreciate your time, Ben. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Have a great show. You got it. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, talking a little National Football League. Final segment coming up, 144. Time check brought to you by Hayes Jewelry, ESPN, 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Sports Center. Here's what's trending now on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF. Good afternoon. I'm Madison Walker. Gators women's volleyball, now ranked 11th overall, plays a big SEC matchup at home tomorrow against Georgia at 7 p.m. The Gators women's basketball team was projected to finish 6th in the SEC this season in the SEC preseason media poll. As for baseball, the MLB playoffs are in full swing with the New York Yankees and the Cleveland Guardians playing a winner-takes-all Game 5. The winner will face the Houston Astros in the ALCS. The game will take place tonight. You can tune in to hear live coverage of the game starting right here at 3.30. In the National League, the Philadelphia Phillies will play the San Diego Padres tonight in Game 1 of the NLCS. You can catch coverage of tonight's game starting at 7. That's all for today, and that's your Gainesville Sports Center. I'm Madison Walker. ESPN 98.1 FM, 8:50 AM, WRUF. Dave Ray's Automotive. We get the bugs out of your car. College football season is here, and there's lots of great plays being made. Hey, it's Steve Russell. Let me tell you about one of my favorite plays when it comes to my automobile. I take it to Dave Mays Automotive. Why? 
because I trust the team to treat me and my vehicle with respect, integrity, and honesty. If you're tired of being treated like a number at the chain stores, make a great play and head to Dave Mays Automotive, located at 2905 Northeast 19th Drive in the industrial complex behind the Sunnies on Waldo Road. Brakes, AC, oil changes, tires, engine and transmission work, and of course, their famous bug check. Modern to import, diesel trucks and fleet service, they do it all. Learn more at DaveMaysAutomotive.com. Dave Mays Automotive, we get the bugs, all of them bugs, out of your car. Hi, this is Dr. Luis Rodriguez of Exceptional Dentistry. Hear what our clients have to say about their experience at Exceptional Dentistry. What you can say about how the procedures have affected my life is that they haven't. I lose track of which teeth are my real teeth and which are the implants and which have crowns and which don't. They don't give me pain and I'm able to use them and I'm 71 years old and you know I can still eat steak and apples and whatever else I want to eat. What I would like people to know about exceptional dentistry is that it's a, just a good place to come to have dental work done from the staff, through the physicians, through the dentists, um, they're top notch. I, I just don't think you could find a better place to have dental work done than exceptional dentistry. This is Dr. Luis Rodriguez, and if you think you have dental problems that are too big to overcome, we're here for you. Please visit us at exceptionaldentistry.com. That's exceptionaldentistry.com. I love the ocean. Me? I love a slow, winding river. I love the lake. Slick as glass. But nothing compares to what you love inside the boat. My family. My child. My best friend from first grade. If you're behind the wheel of a boat, pay attention. That way your favorite water will always be safe water. Learn more about boating safety at myfwc.com. Brought to you by the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Southern Sports Today with Chuck Oliver, weekdays at 2, right here on ESPN 98.1 FM, 8.50 AM, WRUF, and on your phone with the WRUF radio app. It's the Dean of Sports Talk in Gainesville, Steve Russell, on ESPN 98.1 FM and 8.50 AM, WRUF. Okay, I'm going to run through the emails before I take any more phone calls here. Uh, Shelvin says, um, let me get to it here. We all knew the defense would struggle. This is beyond struggle. Players, coaches, culture, call it whatever. Blame wherever. Seven games, there should be progress. There's not. We were told last year some of the players needed more reps, playing time. We're starting five players on defense who were heavily pursued by top ten teams in the recruiting process. I guess we just have to admit everyone every one of them are busts. I'm not buying that. I'm not usually that guy, but the fan base has very legitimate gripes and concerns here. Uh, Peyton says, if you're a coach at a lowly school like New Mexico or UTEP, if you wanted to build a program up to a middle-of-the-road 7-8 win program, what would you do, and how do you keep any players that may be good from transferring? Well, it all starts with recruiting, right? I don't care if you're coaching Alabama or UTEP. You want to try to get players in that you think are going to help your program and get good coaches, they're going to help your program. And then think about this. If players, I mean, if teams from better schools are poaching you, that means you're, you're, you're doing the right thing. So that's where it starts, in my view, Peyton. Todd says, 
Defense depends on the game and team, but if Florida has to pick a poison to help get stops, first priority, pressure the quarterback. Uh, play man, man with a safety, adjust as needed offense. Uh, with the RPO, defense is in full and air, only keeps it once or twice with the hand that goes up the middle 80-90% of the time. Okay. Fooled is one thing, but isn't result the bigger issue of this? You have two running backs that are averaging, one's averaging seven yards a carry, and the other one's averaging nearly seven. So if that number is good, I don't care if they're running it on row three of the stadium, right? I mean, I I don't really care what the direction is as long as it's productive. Uh, Also says... Uh, they can help AR make quicker reads on the RPO. Uh, watches the ends crash down on the running back, but AR hardly ever pulls the ball, deliberately runs. Uh, okay, here, let's see here. Promise I'd get to the emails first. Vince, I was one of the fans who expected six and six to eight and four. Like many, let myself get excited after the Utah win, but essentially ended up where I thought we'd be. My frustration is the apparent lack of adjustments, uh, personnel scheme. I think it's a combination of both. All in all, Nick Napier is the right man for the job. Get an infusion of talent, tweak a few things, and I think we are on our way. Um, Dan, uh, who's uh, a bulldog Dan, smart when 8-5 and five his first year, six games decided by three points or less, including losses to Georgia Tech and Vanderbilt. Biggest difference I see between Kirby and Napier in their first season, going to the second Kirby took over a team with a little more talent than Napier. His first two recruiting classes were consensus top three, loaded with five stars. Napier's first class wasn't great. His second class is top ten, but not loaded with five stars. That's all I can read because it's long. He says the Gators starters are as good as any or almost any of the top teams in the country. Mm. Problem is they don't have depth. Okay. Victor? And a few drop back in the pocket passes in those third and long plays. A lot of them are quarterbacks on the run. Offenses figure out to place a receiver open in between the defensive scheme. On the other side, AR scrambles, no one open. Is that scheme or receiver skill? Or AR failing to reignite proper timing to pull the trigger? Victor, that's hard to answer because I think it depends on play. Uh, but it can be, in some cases, some of all of that. Uh, Williams says... Uh, I think everybody agrees talent's an issue. My question is, I don't believe it's bad enough for us to be dead last in the nation on third down. No, I don't. Uh, Tony needs to step up. Sure. Um, I cringe every Monday when Shane says our corners are good. I don't think he said the corners were good, William. I think he said, I have no problem with the corner play. That's different than saying they're good. Um, He said they don't grade well. The other question, how many corners in our current roster with the top-tier teams actually take? He doesn't think very many. Um, Brandon says, um, uh, well, no, uh, it would have to be next week. He asked if I could get a guest on. It would be next week, Brandon, because I'm taking the rest of the week off. Uh, let's see. Kurt says, more people should look up Richardson's stats. He had arguably his best game as a Gator Saturday night. Give him 10 stars before we run him off. The third down coverage resembles a prevent defense. They have to find a way to get off the field. Coaches can do much better by sharing more info on who starts, defensive, offensive approaches, just be more transparent. People at least have their no uh, with observations addressed. Uh, you don't have to team as a psychologist. Probably they have everything else. Uh, I can see a lot of 21-year-olds needing somebody to talk to, especially when people call in saying they can't throw the ball. 
All right, I'll get to as many of these as I can. Kevin, hello. Hey, wow, that's that's a lot. My goodness, well done, Steve. Uh, first, hey, thanks for all that you do, especially the uh, what's it called, the after point, the, the show that you do uh-huh. uh, after Thanks yep. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, the question and comment I had question was, um, and I missed it, but Florida not having uh, like a quarterback coach. I think I've heard some people say that we're the only school or one of few that does not have a certain. I'm not too sure. I was looking for clarity, like, like a quarterback coach or a true. Uh, Napier is the quarterback coach. So, oh, all right, so Napier is the quarterback coach. Yes. Okay, all right. And then and then uh, Tony is the offensive coordinator? No, defensive coordinator. The defensive coordinator. Okay, all right, all right. So I just wanted to get some clarity. I thought there was something about um, us not having a certain offensive person or QB, one of the few in the nation that does not have a certain offensive person, uh, coaching person. Uh, but that, I guess that's not the case. We're pretty much all yeah, the same. And, and, and Tony is a co-defensive coordinator along with Sean Spencer. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll go with that. All right. So uh, and the other comment I had was I really do think, believe it or not, have a Clemson-like run in the next five to seven years. We just got to be patient. But that's my prediction. I think we can have a Clemson-like run in the next five to seven years. Okay, that might take patience. You're right, but we'll see uh, if that happens. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate your call. David, hi. Hey, Steve. Good afternoon. So uh, I want to touch on it because I know you're running out of time. I want to take more callers. Let me just get right to it. Time management. Um, I, I, uh, I heard callers, you know, dissing several situations and stuff associated with time management and stuff. And previous games, I, I kind of got what they're saying, but I, I'm, I'm following it. But this week, the last two and a half minutes were, uh, were such that it caused me to go online and look at the YouTube of the last two and a half minutes several times and just mark what I call bad coaching. Well, I hate to say that because I love Billy Napier and all that he's done, and, and then a lack of initiative that. Uh, Steve, when you look at it, we got that ball – the 237 landed out to the 28, hit a nice pass up to just about midfield. Uh, Anthony did the right thing and tucked it. He didn't get away, only got one, and they threw him a swing and it did it. You're, passing, you're, you're facing 37, third and seven, but they had let the clock run more than two minutes, sitting on three timeouts, knowing that we're down seven and they're going to get the ball. Well, they're I, I think ball. you're talking the wrong time. You're, you, you mean the end of the first half. Absolutely, yes, sir. Okay, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't say that. You said, I think you said the I'm second sorry. half. No, okay, no, no, first no, half. No, no, end of the okay. first half. Gotcha. End of the first half. And if you look at those time frames, I just can't even believe that there's any defense of that. And it's okay to make a mistake. And I really like Coach the way he kind of takes ownership, but he hasn't taken ownership of that. And that was not his finest two and a half minutes. It was really, it was actually really bad if you stop it and look at it. And I just can't imagine any coach in the country doing what our coaches did on that with the kind of coaches that we have. And we were moving the ball really well the entire half. And we got down seven, and we're going to go into a locker room knowing that they're going to get the ball and we wouldn't be able to stop them. And what happened? They went up 14. We lost some fans on that, you know, with the noise. Uh, not me. I didn't boo. I won't boo the coach, and I won't boo the players. But I just really struggled with Coach Napier's decision-making in that last Two minutes and 30 seconds. Okay, if he makes a mistake, if he owns it, I'm good. But if he keeps doing it, and that's going to be our two-and-a-half-minute drill going forward, 
and we right. got to talk some more. All right, David, thank you for your call. i got to get to John here. John, you got about a minute and a half. Go. Hey, Steve. Um, one thing that bothers me is take the three. What does that mean? I mean, there's a chance, there's very good chance you miss the field goal. So the just don't go for seven, take the three is not a true statement. It's try for the three. Yeah, um, and, and, and here's the thing. Most times in uh, sort of old school football, right, you take points. You, you, the, the line you hear all the time, don't take points off the board, yeah. right? So if people have that mentality, then I certainly understand why they would say, well, kick the field goal. I, I'm more modern school. What is, what is the game tone like? And at that point, does being down 11 mean more than being down 14? You still have to score twice. So, yeah. and yes, at the end, you could look back and say it would have kicked that field goal in the second quarter, but you, you don't have the ability to have that lens when you make that no, decision. you're right. But it does follow scared money doesn't make money. So... Well, going for seven. That's what going for seven is scared money doesn't make money, which is what he said, right? Yep, but sometimes you lose money. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> All Thank right. You. Thanks, John. Thank you for your call. That's our show for today. Again, we're gonna we're gonna take a little time too uh, with the bye week. Uh, we will be back here Monday, getting you ready for the annual Florida Georgia game in Jacksonville. Thank you, as always, for taking time to call, email. Love it when you do. Appreciate you taking time and listening. Thanks to Sam for producing today. You're listening to ESPN 98.1 FM, 850 AM, WYUF. I'm Steve Russell. WYUF Gainesville. U251CG Gainesville. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. This season, Alabama is making my job easy for a brand new reason under Nick Saban. It is the Chuck Oliver Show on a Tuesday, and I appreciate everybody getting in here for your college football conversation. We deal it out two hours a day. Been doing that since the beginning of the 2014 season, so thank y'all getting in. I said uh, this season, my job, in one respect, my job has been easy because of Alabama. And it's not a good reason. And it's a new one that I have never really had to experience before. And part of it is because I was slow on the trigger last season, as were most of us. If this season Bama is making my job easy and it's for a brand new, not good reason, folks, it's because I get to keep using my Monday notes from earlier in the season. And they're not flattering. If we go back to the beginning of the season, and I've always said this, that 
you can take, well, there's not much to take away. There's always something to take away. How did you play? And sometimes how did you play versus what you're capable of? That's always really the measuring stick because that's what you can affect. Now, how did you play versus Oklahoma State? All right, well, that's what we all pay attention to and keep track of. So that matters as well. But truthfully, you're always competing against what you're capable of. And so even when you open the season versus a beatable opponent, I've told you this, my measuring stick for that game always is, all right, what would Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Bama have done to that opponent? Well, in this case, I'm talking about Bama, and the opponent is Utah State, which is not a bad program, but Bama opened at home. Bryce Young didn't even really light up the uh, statistical uh, uh, markers, not all of them. But Alabama opens at home in week one, and it is a 55 